Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Cicadas on cheese pizza here. You know, um, I was okay I was until I saw what it looks like maybe one of his eyeballs on my napkin. See, I, um, I, I think that's just the goo. I know. I'm going in for a whole skate. It's pretty good. It's not bad. That's the sound. That's the sound of people trying cicada pizza as the uh, ongoing fascination with eating these dang bugs continues to royal America. (laughs) Happens every 17 years or so. Enjoy yourselves. You don't have to eat them. Nobody's making you eat them. We're the land of plenty. I've put worse things in my mouth. I'll let you guess, and we'll move on. Most of us need less food, not more, so stop eating bugs. Uh, Just uh, quoting facts news here, Brooke Singman saying that it was American reporters and producers aggressively pushed and shoved by Russian security officials Wednesday at the start of the big meetings in Geneva. So it was specifically American press people being abused by Russian security. Uh, that's more or less what Politico says. So, uh, well, this will be worked out, I suppose. Although, maybe yeah, not. It, when those, like you mentioned last hour, when those goons from Turkey beat down American citizens in America, not a word said about that. Because diplomatically, it would be uh, uncomfortable. So we just let them do it. We let a, we let a yeah. foreign nation's goons beat down U.S. citizens. So, you know, maybe to uh, not cause any ripples, we'll uh, let... Russian media push around U.S. media. Well, I can understand from the point of view of the Russian security people, uh, American media behave differently, even around the president, uh, than Russian media do around Putin, because they're terrified for their lives. So they're used to a, a greater degree of lapdogishness. That's right, even more lapdogishness than a Democratic president expects. So they're still John. They got their advisors in there. They're going to try to work out the whole cyber hacking thing and Crimea thing and whatever else. There's a chance they end while we're still on the air and we can take the Biden press conference when he comes out because they're going to talk for about four hours and it started, what, like an hour before we went on the air? Mm Mm-hmm. It's a four-hour show. I've done the math. Schrodinger's cat is both alive and dead at the same time. I don't get it. All that quantum physics stuff and, and theoretical physics and all. It was like when I was a little kid, I was a really good football player. And then I grew and the other kids grew and the football got bigger because you use a different size at different levels. And I have small hands. And I realized my hands are too small to properly throw a football. I will find, <laughs> I will find another sport. Well, my brain is like that with uh, the theoretical physics stuff. I try, and I try, and I try. And I just don't get to what the hell you people are talking about. Plus, there's weeds in the garden. I'm going to go pull the weeds. I'm well, just the, more a pull the weeds guy. There's two things to it. There's the, can you understand it or not? But then there's the why. Like, if I, if I don't know any of this, does it have any effect on anything? I'm glad somebody's thinking about it. I have a good friend who's totally into it. Uh, and we, we get along. That's just, you know, the parts of our intellects that don't overlap, well, that's part of it, apparently. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Anyway, um, coming well, right. up. I mean, just for instance, I got the, you know, some family strife going on that I've talked about. Knowing, understanding quantum physics does not lessen that at all. <laughs> at all. I mean, it has no effect on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm disappointed in myself at times, but that's uh, like the uh, like philosophy. I tried to take philosophy classes in college. It just I thought this is a complete waste of time. You people are just engaging in verbal gymnastics, trying uh, to out something or other each other. Yeah, that I don't have any interest in trying to understand. Like I yeah. do with the quantum physics, because I think it, it seems to be after a hundred years agreed to be true. Um, a lot of that philosophy stuff, just whatever. Yeah, whatever. it's just a, it's just smart people who who've never accomplished anything in their lives posturing a lot, in my opinion. <laughs> but you know, maybe I'm just an idiot. Certainly, uh, according to your emails, I am. Anyway, uh, so pay story... <laughs> Thank you, Doctor Jill. Uh, coming up, the desperate shortage of American workers and the willingness of some of our major American newspapers to say something which is clearly untrue because it serves their politics. Eh, not a big surprise. Came across this in The Guardian. I have a feeling one of our loyal listeners sent it to us, and I thank you, though I don't recall who sent it. I see this headline, Food Injustice Has Deep Roots. Let's start with America's Apple Pie. What? I thought, food food injustice? Now I'm going to stick it in an oven and then chop it apart and ingest it, so that's unjust to the food, certainly. But I have a feeling that's not what they mean by food injustice. So I dive into this article by Raj. two pieces of pie, I only got one. That's my food (laughs) injustice. No, that's not what they mean either. Oh, Well, okay, so Raj Patel's the writer. This is not The Onion. This is not the Babylon Bee. This is the Guardian, which is one of your more popular websites on Earth. Resting on gingham cloth, a sugar-crusted apple pie cools on the windowsill of a Midwestern farmhouse. Nothing could be more American, officially American. And they mentioned the Department of Defense once, for some reason, featured the pie in an online collection of American symbols along Uncle Sam in Cowboys. Not that America, not that apples, rather, are particularly American. Apples were first domesticated in Central Asia, etc., etc. Apples Hence traveled the to Fuji apple, probably right. Durr, yes, mm. clearly, yeah. Uh, so listen, here's where he gets into his point. Which apple apples, do you buy usually if you go to the store? Because there's a lot uh, of apples at the grocery store I go. There's a tremendous number of choices. I feel like there I can't are too eat many apples. raw apples. Yeah, I can't eat raw apples, so oh, okay. I don't buy apples at all. Okay. Granny uh, just when we're gonna... which Granny Smith, yeah, the green ones. I like yeah. Pink Lady. Pink Lady is the name of an apple? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it's That's a fine apple. Delicacy. You can only get that in very small windows. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I'll keep an eye on I like the the really red, like... Red the, delicious? The reddest of red apples. I don't know what it's called. I base red it, communist apples. Base it on uh, view. But there are way too many apple choices at my grocery store. Narrow it down. <laughs> <laughs> or just that fits in, in with your too many websites theory. The government ought to designate 12. <laughs> or put them in a big container where we can't see them and you just give me one at random. I'll be fine. Right, The apple of the day. Hey, there you go. I like that. How about that? So anyway, here, here's where he starts to get into his main point. Apples traveled to the Western Hemisphere with Spanish colonists and colonists in the 1500s in what used to be called the Columbian Exchange, but is now better understood as a vast and ongoing genocide of indigenous people. Okay. You know, you realize those indigenous people wiped out other indigenous people when they crossed over the hill wherever they were. 
What? Shut up. Inconvenient. Not that the recipe for apple pie is uniquely American. It's a variant on the English pumpkin recipe. By the time the English... You know what? We, I just uh, realized how we should present uh, this. we got to have, like, pleasant, upbeat music until my tone of voice changes. So, Michael, do you think we could pull that off on the fly? So you're about to tell me because somebody else was making a pie with a different fruit for a while, and then they started making it with apples, that that's wrong somehow? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You're not nearly woke enough. <laughs> By the time the English colonized the New World, apple trees became markers of civilization, which is to say, property. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Johnny, Johnny Appleseed, we know that story. He planted apples across the frontier. Which symbolized the U.S. expansion and the colonization and the... No, you're supposed to... I, but change my tone of voice. No, you don't I'll get the premise talking. at all. I was going to hit the big dramatic thing. Oh, okay. These markers of colonized property on the frontiers of U.S. expansion where the trees stood as symbols that indigenous communities had been extirpated. Ooh, no. <laughs> What's extirpated mean? I'm, I'm going to have to uh, flip through the dictionary here. I hear my community has been extirpated, and I don't know if that means we're all going to get $10,000 or our heads chopped off. I assume it doesn't mean they were put in retirement communities with heated pools. It's not a good thing. Okay. Not that the sugar on the crust is uniquely American. Sugar cane was first brought. Where's the cheerful music, Michael? What is it? What is it you don't get about this? There we go. Sugarcane was first brought to the U.S. by Jesuits in 1751. But most U.S. sugar remained an import until the Haitian Revolution, when enslaved workers seized the French colonies. Okay, all right, but what, so... Okay. Within 50 years, the U.S. produced a quarter of the world's sugar cane. And New Orleans had become a concomitant hub of the slave trade! <laughs> After emancipation, the economics of sugar shifted. The American Civil War pushed the frontier of sugar westward. Hawaii's sugar plantations grew. When the Philippines was a U.S. colony between 1898 and 1946, Filipino workers were accepted from the Asiatic barred zones to work in U.S. sugar plantations. Okay, so they didn't let people from the Philippines work in the sugar plantations, and I'm not supposed to eat an apple pie? Or, or they I, made I, them or something, I, I don't but what, know. But what's the ultimate point of this? Is I'm just supposed There's to no feel, friggin' point. Am I just supposed to feel bad about <laughs> apple pie? Yes, yes, because every component of it has in its history evil. Evil and exploitation. They even go on to... no. One more time, Michael. Note that the gingham cloth on which our apple pie rests is uniquely American. Or, I'm sorry, not that it. Columbus recorded cotton being used and worn during his first voyage by his indigenous hosts. The gingham pattern likely originated in Southeast Asia. Blah, blah, blah. But as Sven Beckert's Empire of Cotton tells, this war for capitalism enslaved and committed acts of genocide against millions of indigenous peoples in North America and millions of Africans, blah, blah, blah. So because of the history of this, these various goods, the apple trade 350 years ago, you're supposed to view the apple pie as quite literally, again, the headline, uh, as a symbol of food injustice. All right. 
Aren't God, these people, people that, are tiresome and yeah, nuts. Yeah, I'd say. Does it mention anywhere how delicious apple pie is? Because that uh, that plays a role. It's deliciousness. Yeah. How um, people of all races uh, want it, want it now. They're thinking of having a slice right now because we're talking about it. Some big thing is going to come along. I'm not looking forward to it. Some big thing. A world war, a pandemic that makes this one look like nothing. A Great Depression, something. Something's going to come along that wipes out all this silliness where we don't have time to write long papers and read them and worry about apple pie and where it came from. That's going to happen. It's the history of the world. It'll be a Schrodinger's incident. It will be both a terrible curse and a wonderful blessing in some ways, but mostly a curse. Yeah, because we got all this time and safety and money to stare in our own navels and think about this crap right now. We should be yeah. we should be happy that we've got the, uh, the 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 freedom to do so. So little to worry about that we can. Jeez, most human beings throughout human history have not been able to spend time on this crap. No kidding. You're trying to keep your kids alive and you alive. So, if you could get a slice of apple pie, warm a la mode, for a hundred dollars, would you go for that deal right now? I mean, if somebody could have it in the next five minutes. Whose apple pie is it, though? The apple pie varies so much. Just, I'm assuming it's an excellent apple pie. Then, yes. $100. C-note yes. right now. Done. Absolutely. <laughs> Somebody's going to show up at the so door bad. with pie. Sorry, sorry. The whole injustice thing. I'm trying, but uh, I want pie. Um, couple of recommendations for shows to watch, because we were taking some of those, because, I don't know, I'm kind of where Sean was, where I've run out of things. Gone through everything that I want to watch. Need some more recommendations, whether you're watching it on the Disney or the Netflix or whatever. Text line 415-295-KFTC. We'll check back in with the Putin-Biden Summit, see if there's any new news out of that. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Europe is uh, is uh, our our natural partner, and the reason is we're committed to the same democratic norms and institutions, and are uh, and they are increasingly under attack. And, uh, and we I've said before, and I apologize to repeat. Oh, I didn't. That's Jake Sullivan. You know, Jake is my NASA security advisor. I'm leaving out a lot of people here. I apologize. I'm going to get in trouble. But anyway, we'll get back to that. But um, uh, we, um, uh, you know, there's a lot that uh, that is, is is happening. Hmm. That was yesterday. Oh, boy. Uh, we don't know how it's going today behind closed doors. Biden and Putin. There was a little melee ahead of time between Russian security forces and U.S. press or something. Um, but uh, the the word on the street right now is that Putin's going to come out and do his press conference first, and then Biden will do his. So that'll be next hour, we think. Mm, it's good to uh, bat last. I like that. Sure. Uh, give us clip number 17, Sean. Love it. We have a saying. Don't be mad at the mirror if you're ugly. <laughs> okay. Right. Thanks, go. Vlad. There you go. That's super. For the man who brought you, I'm rubber and you're glue. Uh, John Bolton. You remember John Bolton? Trump loved him till he hated him. Well, and left man hate. 
nope, 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 nope. Different guy. This is John Bolton with a mustache. Uh, Trump loved him till he hated him, and the left hated him till they loved him because he broke with Trump. Uh, he was on uh, Morning Joseph today talking about uh, containing Putin, that sort of thing, in clip number 30. Is there any hope of containing Vladimir Putin? Uh, and does he really have, does he have any incentive to play by the rules the rest of us play by. When you look at what he's gotten away with over the past 20 years by making up his own rules, then breaking them, then keeping one president after another, chasing him. Well, I think there's a, a very fair question whether authoritarian leaders at all believe in playing by anybody's rules exactly. other than their own. And I think that's why this talk of a, a rules-based international system is pretty feckless, frankly. Yeah, I would agree. Frankly, would agree feckless. That- Unless you can line up serious international uh, cooperation, you can't. You just can't pressure dictators, and that's just not going to happen. Let's do one more. Uh, Thirty-two. If you were going into this meeting on cybersecurity, what would you say? How would you say? I, I would it? say we understand uh, what you're doing. You've carefully said, well, it's not the Russian state making these attacks on our elections or ransomware or the rest of it, but we know you're responsible for it. Uh, and if it doesn't stop forthwith, we are going to take steps that you will regret. Like what? And, and mm. like taking cyber offensive actions against them. Look, the Obama administration tied the hands of the United States in complex decision-making rules that made offensive action very hard. Cyber defense is critical, but you will not establish structures of deterrence unless we take offensive action. I did hear from a, a pundit that is fair, and I like that uh, when Trump came in, he told the cyber crowd, do whatever you got to do. Just do it. Do whatever you want to do. And the, there were many more attacks on Iran, Russia, China coming out of our country at that time. Uh, I like it. Crime is out of control. Got some good examples Armstrong of that. And Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. first photo is out from this round of the Biden-Putin talks, and they're now at a table with a whole bunch of people. Biden's sitting on his side of a big table with like four or five people. Putin's got at least five people around him. Uh, each each side has its own brand of water bottles and their own flag. Yeah. Russians aren't going to drink American water and vice versa, I suppose. But anyway. Russia's, the Russians probably drinking vodka, right? Planning to wrap it up next hour, and then Putin will come out and talk, then Biden will talk. And if we don't get it on the air today, we'll get it on for you tomorrow. So that's that. And we will really know what happened as the months unfold, and we see policies that may or may not be different. So speaking of different policies, I can't resist pointing out that one of the reasons we're supposed to have limited government is because when government becomes practically unlimited, it's impossible for the citizens to keep track of what it's doing and vote semi-intelligently. But one of the universal uh, purposes of government is to maintain order, policing, in short. And America just went through a, a period where there was very little, low, very little crime, low crime, probably because maybe we were over incarcerating people. But the correction is not to incarcerate the right number of people; it's to grossly under incarcerate hey, people. I, I, I hate to interrupt. Decriminalize crime. Yeah, go ahead. I hate to interrupt, but this is breaking. The meeting between Biden and Putin has ended hours earlier than was expected. The media are scram- Howard Kurtz from Fox says the media are scrambling scrambling to explain why the Biden Putin session lasted 90 minutes and the second just an hour after predictions that they were going to go to for four or five hours. 
Maybe it was brusque business-like and not the Ballyhood Showdown Summit. We'll have to see. But it's all right. I imagine the cable news channels are frantically filling with uh, conjecture and guessing. But uh, it ended, went half as long as it was supposed to. Do you think Biden fell asleep? Of course, the predictions of how long it was supposed to last could have been completely based on nothing. This is more a flaw in your predictions than what the actual meeting was, I feel. Could be one person said, oh, but it lasts four or five hours, and everybody reported that. Well, right, and it could be 100% one thing, 100% the other, and nobody has any friggin' idea what they're talking about. Anyway, uh, back to the rise in crime. Uh, listen to this report. This is specifically about one of the West Coast cities, San Francisco, which is engaging in this great progressive experiment of decriminalizing crime. How's it Go going? Ahead. Not so good. Clip 80. Out in the open, free-for-alls, like the one that happened at this Walgreens on Monday, have spiked over the past year, with brazen thieves clearing shelves of food, cosmetics, and over-the-counter drugs that are often resold on the street. While some blame organized crime rings and a state law that lowered the penalty for thefts under $950, the city's police union is blasting San Francisco District Attorney Chesa Boudin, saying he's, quote, made it clear that you're more likely to get a stern talking to than a cell when it comes to most crimes committed in our city, and the criminals know it. Boudin's office firing back, saying, quote, Unfortunately, because arrests happen in less than 3% of reported thefts, these cases are rarely presented to us for prosecution. Yeah, that's dishonest. You're not going to prosecute shoplifters. You never do, you lying liar. Anyway, the former San Francisco Police Commissioner, Joe Alioto Veronese, commenting on this in clip 81. We're in a state of chaos and anarchy out here in San Francisco. And if you ever lived here, if you spent any time here, you see it every day and you just come to expect it and hope that when it happens, you're not in the line of fire. Well, you got two things happening that are both uh, they're, com- they're they're completely different, but both, you know, instances of modern America that are loathsome. One this new movement toward not wanting to punish criminals. You know, I'm sure they've got a good reason for stealing all that stuff. It's probably They're downtrodden. The, you know, evil capitalism or something. So you've got that weird impulse by some to not punish people who are stealing. And then because lawyers have ruined America, all these businesses tell their employees, do not stop one someone from shoplifting. Because mm-hmm. if they say they hurt, you hurt their neck, they're going to sue us for $2 million. And it's cheaper for you to let them run out the door with their bottles of booze. So the lawyers on one end and the weird crime shouldn't be crime on the other end have brought us to this. The cop ain't going to stop them because we've decided we've decriminalized it. And the store employee is not going to stop them because, hey, I don't want to get sued. You put those two Clip things 82, together. Clip 82, please. Yep. Yep. Some store owners have given up. Walgreens says it's closed 17 stores in the last five years, while CVS has shuttered at least two calling San Francisco, quote, one of the epicenters of organized retail crime. Can you imagine the Greens? It's an American institution closing 17 of their stores. It's just too crimey here, and nobody's doing anything anything about it. We're out. How does that not get more attention? 17 Walgreens closed in the San Francisco Bay Area because people just rob us blind and nobody seems to care. So there you going to go. What are you going to do? Wow, this is wild. Yeah, thanks, Positive Sean. Great stats he sent us. The percentage of shoplifting cases ending in arrest in San Francisco. In 2003, it was, it appeared to be, oh, 71%. 71% of shoplifting cases ended in arrest. 
It uh, bobbled down, went back okay, up, so that's, bobbled that's, down. That's, inter- that's interesting. That's the year we first went on in San Francisco. We've been on in San Francisco mm, since that's right. 2003. So at that point, you know, dang near three quarters of people were going to get arrested for shoplifting. And it was a different city then. It was a different city when we first went on the air in San Francisco than it is now. I mean, it's like visibly different and culturally different. Likewise, L.A., likewise, Portland, likewise, Seattle, likewise, New York. But anyway, so 71% in 2003. Last year, 17%. 17%. It is the great progressive experiment in decriminalizing crime. How's your utopia coming along? What's what's their what's their crazy progressive view of it? What what do they think's going to happen? Well, they think that uh, this will tear down capitalism. This will cause a crisis that then they will exploit to institute Marx- Marxism. They're trying to crash the system, and then people won't steal anymore. Because I mean, Lenin, Vladimir Lenin, V.I. Lenin, he believed that uh, people committed crimes because of the unfair economics of society which they yeah they use that as this is crime is the fault of of capitalism right because it, le- mm-hmm. it leaves people behind therefore life they must steal etc yeah. etc yeah. et yeah. yeah. right and and you hear uh, a, a tangential argument in the black lives matter movement the people saying loot it back loot it back Right. This is deserved. We've been ripped off. Okay. Uh, one final note. We had an interview earlier with Bill Bratton, who was the uh, the chief, essentially the commissioner of police in New York, a chief in Los Angeles. He ran the Boston Police Department, most famous, or that's how his career got started. Uh, let's hear clip number 83. What had happened at uh, beginning in the 90s, we began a crime reversal turnaround that uh, for 30 years America was getting safer. Last couple of years, it's... Uh, uh, turned around dramatically. What's different this time is how fast it's happened. And people didn't expect that we we're focused on the coronavirus. And now that the virus is subsiding, this new virus is moving to center stage. And it's going to be as difficult as the coronavirus to deal with. If you want to hear that entire interview, just go to armstrongandgetty.com. It's uh, hour two uh, in the podcast, the Armstrong and Getty On Demand podcast. This is that was all not an intentionally uh, intentionally setting up the Simply Safe commercial, but a word from our friends at Simply Safe. If the commercial fits, read it. Uh, they have an award-winning system that has all the technology, bells and whistles, the best systems on earth for your home security. But they also have great people that take it to the next level. That they're around the clock anytime you need them. Yep, twenty-four-seven protection. The best home security you can get, according to all kinds of different publications, is Simply Safe. All you do is go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. You click around for about two minutes to customize the system to your home. It'll be sent to you a week from now. You're going to set it up yourself in about 30 minutes. It's that easy to set up, and then you're off and running. Yep. Break in, fire, medical emergency, they are there for you, which is a really good feeling. And because you know us, you get a free security camera. Just go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong to customize your system and get a free security camera. It's a 60-day risk-free trial. You don't like it, you send it back, so there's nothing to lose. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Again, you'll get a free security camera. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So President Biden has walked out of the building where they had the summit, gotten into the beast, his big giant black limo that travels with him, and off he went. So his press conference apparently is going to be somewhere else. It appears that Putin is setting up his press conference, as I'm watching cable TV. In the mouth of a volcano is what I would imagine. (laughs) Shirtless. Uh, But he's going to do it right there, and it'll start at any time. And I don't know, do we want to take that or... 
Is it going to be weird and cumbersome? I suppose we got to hear at least the beginning of it. Yeah, I wouldn't mind dipping into it a little bit. Let's get the flavor of it. Right. We so, can pick up some more uh, Russian gem sayings like this one. We have a saying, don't be mad at the mirror if you're ugly. <laughs> I've spent my wife, my life, rather, ugly at mirrors, and now I know better. <laughs> can I hear that one more time? I like the way the interpreter gives it to me also. We have a saying, don't be mad at the mirror if you're ugly. There you go. <laughs> if you're ugly. Speaking of communist <laughs> countries, do you, do, you, do you consider North Korea a communist country, or are they just a plain old dictatorship that kind of pretends to be communist? They're just a dictatorship. Uh, anyway, kind of both. Yeah. Uh, Kim Jong-un warning that the food situation is getting very bad, so he's pretty much announcing a famine uh, is going to hit. Is that why he's slimmed down? I mean, it's one thing to be, you know, triple the weight of your countrymen, but to be five times their weight, that's just hurtful. I wonder if he actually did think being a fat guy during a famine would be a bad look. Somebody actually was able to convince him of the optics of this without being fed to beasts. You can't be a giant fat guy during a famine. It's just not a thing. More, I, I, nobody had the balls to say that to him. I think it was probably a doctor who said, listen, I realize this is the last thing I'm going to say before I fly out of a window, but you're going to be dead in like two years if you don't slim down, you big fat pig. You big fat smoking pig? He probably didn't throw in the big fat pig thing, but <laughs> I, I have a feeling. He's just, it happens to all of us as we move uh, well into our 30s, into our 40s. We start to realize, oh, so all that stuff about heart disease, that applies to me too? Damn. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, feds are banning dogs from 113 countries for uh, some interesting reasons. There's a bunch of stuff we can talk about. But if Putin comes out and starts talking, we'll bring that to you. I want to hear at least what his initial impressions of the... Um, well, it, it's it's not what his impressions are. It's what he feels like he should say to us. That's what we're going to hear, right? And then I wrestle crocodile. Shirtless, needless to say. And then go play hockey match. Score six goals, one period. I'd better. Shirtless also. I hate shirts. For some reason, I just hate them. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So they're done talking there, Biden and Putin. I'll give you the New York Post. You know, a right-leaning publication, so they've got their take on things. I'll give you a little bit of them, and then we'll hear from Putin as he's doing his press conference. President Biden's high-stakes summit meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin wrapped up earlier than anticipated with American reporters left in the dark and initially dependent on Russian's foreign ministry for information on the discussions. Initially? What, for like 20 minutes? Yes, sort of insinuating that Biden did something wrong or whatever. We'll be fine. Yeah, we'll be fine. The talks ended at 5.05 local time. They sat sat down at 1.39, meaning that the entire summit lasted fewer than four hours rather than the four to five predicted by the White House. Wait a second. You can't say something only lasted four to four hours. It was supposed to last four to five hours. That doesn't make any sense. Are my ears not working, or did you just say what you just said? I'll read it. As That's a, idiotic. I'll, I'll read it as I'll read it as written. <clears throat> the entire summit lasted fewer than four hours, rather than the four to five hours predicted by the White House. But it was like right up against four hours. We said it'd be four to five. It was almost four. Okay, that's a major uh, headline. What you know it? nothing about clickbait. Summit ends suddenly far short of expectations. I gotta click on that. You know what? I would click on that. Experts say likely disagreements led to the early 
end of the something. You got to say stuff like that. What a stupid sentence. Who knows? Nobody knows. My new stance in life is there's no such thing as an expert. I've been saying that for years. Yeah. I've given up on the idea of experts with very few exceptions. Most of y'all are talking out your ass. Well, and this fascinating study came out a couple of years ago. A, a, a panel of curious laymen will come up with much more accurate predictions than experts because experts are married to certain points of view and philosophies, whereas the, the laymen go in with open minds, open hearts, open eyes. Um, Back to you. So... <laughs> Kind of kind of got some momentum going there. It was fun. So we're going to join the Putin press conference in uh, progress. I don't know how much of this we're going to listen to, but so, you know, obviously speaks Russian, and then a Russian reporter asked a really long question in Russian. She looked to be like 23 years old, and uh, they didn't tell us what the question was here on MSNBC, so I don't know what the question was. And then we're picking it up like midway through Putin's answer. I don't know if the next question will tell us what it is either, but so here we go. Begin consultations on the full range of interaction on the diplomatic track. There are many things that remain to be resolved. Both sides, including the Americans, are geared toward finding a solution. Turning now to Ukraine, yes, this issue was discussed. I can't say that I can't say it was discussed in detail, but as far as I've understood, President Biden, he agrees that the basis for a settlement in Ukraine. The basis needs to be the Minsk agreements. As for the entry by Ukraine into NATO, this issue was uh, broached. Um, that remains to be discussed. That is what, uh, that's the general, the general line. Question from Itar Tas. Another question. Mr. Putin, you said that one of the topics was strategic stability. Could you give us some more details and details about decisions, the decisions on this matter that Russia and the U.S. will be resuming or will there be talks on strategic stability and disarmament? So my assumption... And please don't execute me. You're a nimble little mince, aren't you? Um, so my, my, my assumption would be that these Russian reporters are asking questions that they were told to ask, and it's going to generate no news. That, that'd be my guess. Well, yeah, in the same way that we have remained on the air, because we have a pretty good idea where the line is from day to day, month to month, year to year. Russian reporters know damned well where their line is. Otherwise, you end up flying out a window downward uh so here's some of the headlines that have come out since uh, we're a little behind on this miami herald reporting russian president putin says he and u.s president biden agree to return ambassadors to posts in a bid to lower tensions there you go remember why did we oh because of the the cyber hack is that why we kicked out the ambassadors or which one was it there, there have been things. so many incidents. Yeah. I don't. Or was it something in Syria that was horrendous? Or was it the the down on the, the plane in Belarus? But anyway, ah, who, right. Who kicked who's out first? But anyway, there was a retaliation. Both sides kicked out the other side's diplomats. Well, now they're going to return them. So, you super. Hmm. And if anything major happens, we'll tell you. Putin is such an interesting guy. I've got to read that Putin book you keep recommending, Moby Dick. Um, <laughs> I, I just. He, he is a supervillain, but he's real. 
and and his answers are a uh, you know a, a master class in never playing a card before you have to play it. Bland answers, non-committal answers, mildly positive statements. He just stated that there was no tension between he and no conflict between he and Biden in the talks. So whatever. Bullshit. Mm. <laughs> That's Trump. Yeah. Trump's view of it. The former guy weighing in. Mm. I'll be darned. Yeah. All all I know is uh, don't blame the mirror if you're ugly. Or don't be angry at the mirror. How does that go again? We have a saying. Don't be mad at the mirror if you're ugly. <laughs> what, what, what is he applying that to? I, I don't know. Trying, uh, how do you use that phrase? Don't, don't, don't I mean, it's gripe about... Its, I'm assuming it's a metaphor. If you, do, if you take it just on its face, it is true. It's like don't blame the messenger. I can't look in the mirror, and if I don't like the way I look, be mad at the mirror. That would be stupid. Right. Now, turn it into, oh, don't blame the messenger. Yeah, he was using it more as a pot calling the kettle black. It's like you guys, U.S. accuses me of these things, but if they look in the mirror, they will see that they too are ugly. Okay, that's kind of the the framework that he was presenting it in. Okay, but it's its versatility is really the strength of this saying. We have a saying: Don't be mad at the mirror if you're ugly. I'll tell you what: I smashed my scale this morning. I just picked that thing up and just started beating it on the floor. You lying bastard! I said to the scale. Do not be angry at scale if you fat is big. <laughs> That's what I had going on today. And I got mad at the scale, and now I know there's no point in that thanks to uh, Putin's clever phrases. We have a saying. I, Don't yes, be mad at her. No, if you're I'm not. Okay, and I am. Uh, I'm anxious to hear what Uncle Joe says. If you missed the fourth hour of the show, go to armstrongandgetty.com. Get the podcast later.